Imagine you could get inside the minds of leaders who are thinking through where the local church is going next. What would it be like to understand how leading churches are thinking about what the future holds? Join us for Future Forward, a two-day online event dedicated to the future of the local church. You and your team will leave energized and focused to lead into the future. Leading voices will invest into your team. Future Forward. Register you and your team today. Well, hey, welcome to Future Forward. Super excited to chat with my good friend, Kenny Jang. Welcome, Kenny. How are you doing, Rich? Always good to be with you. It's so good to be here. I'm super excited for this two-day conference that's coming up. Uh, It's really in kind of mid-November, the 18th and 19th, called Future Forward. It's a two-day online event dedicated to the future of the local church. Kenny, why on earth are we doing this? (laughs) I think because one of the things that we are hearing from leaders across the country is that, hey, look, we got past, you know, act one of COVID, just get stuff online. Uh, Act two is let's try to get our house in order and um, let's try to do digital ministry. Act three is like hybrid. We're going back. We're not going back. And then there's like, what's the future? There is so much uncertainty going forward, but this is the time, I think, that we're hearing that leaders want their teams to be energized and focused and they just want to see what other people are doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I keep hearing as well is, you know, it it seems like early on there was this real, this fight around like, is online going to be the most important thing ever? And I think we're past that. Yes, obviously we all need to do online that, that has happened, but we are asking the questions of what does it look like to be both online and in person? Um, how are we working through those conversations? What does that look like? And that is creating a certain amount of anxiety in our teams trying to wrestle that out. And so one of the things I'm excited about future forward is, We've really been able to gather together some incredible voices, really leading voices, who are going to speak into our our participants, people that are going to come and and really talk through what their teams are thinking about and where their kind of their head is at. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Are there any of the speakers, you know, it looks like we're going to have about 40 speakers at this, which is amazing, but are are there any of the speakers that stand out to you particularly that you're excited about? We can't mention them all here, but who are some of the ones that stick out to you? I mean, there's a bunch of them, but being in the church online space, the the one that I've heard before is Larry Osborne just nailed it on the head for some of the things that he has spoken about, sharing the things that he's doing in his ministry. So I'm really looking forward to Larry and what he's going to share with leaders in this round. Yeah, that's actually great because later on in this episode, we're actually going to throw to a talk that Larry gave at a conference that we ran back in June. Uh, now, it's a brand new talk he's got coming up in uh, November, but we're going to give people a chance to peek into that. Yeah, I'm ex- super excited about what Larry's got to bring. Excited about where Derwin Gray's at as well. Um, Brian Carter, my friend from Dallas, he's just fantastic. I think he's got so many good things to say. Rich Velotis, I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Always good. From your neck Always of the good. woods, you know? Yes. <laughs> Right. Yes. And um, you know, helping things leaders that, think about internal issues. Yep. These guys are, I think, th- the reason why I like listening to these leaders specifically is they're not afraid of change. And mm. I think this is the issue of many teams. Like, there are no right answers, right, Rich? Right now, looking right. forward, there's no, there's no playbook in front of us. Right. 
Well, and I think that's a problem. There was a time, you know, a year ago, two years ago, where, you know, you could actually look around and say, okay, like, let's let's pull out the playbook. Let's figure out what, you know, here's what's working in 10 other places. Let's figure out which of those, you know, kind of models we're going to take. Well, we're heading into a zone where there just is a lot of unknown. And so what we're trying to do is to gather people together who are asking the same questions, uh, who maybe are a little bit farther down the road to say, hey, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you learning? How are you uh, wrestling? What are kind of, what are you re- wrestling with in this season? We think that's going to be super helpful for the leaders who are listening. Yeah, and again, I think the difference between this event, um, I think, is there the intentionality of trying to basically create a resource that um, if you if you are leading a team, that you can take this content and the ideas because they are tangible and concrete in terms of basically using it as a conversation piece and an internal catalyst to really evolve your ministry forward. And I think the other point, Rich, is there's a lot of um, you know, negative talk about the church going out there. Mm. And here, mm. I think overall, if you look at the leaders that are innovating, that are evolving, they have a future positive tone in what they have to offer, right? Oh, that is so true. You know, th- that being a leader, uh, really who, who who makes a huge difference in the kind of season that we're in, you have to be optimistic. You have to at least say, hey, we think that the best is yet to come. We think that, um, you know, that what God's going to do in the future is is great. He's still on the throne. He still wants to do great things through the local church. And so what you're not going to get at Future Forward are people dogging the church or being like, oh, it's doomsday. It's all that. You're going to get leaders who are saying, hey, um, yeah, we might be facing a bit of headwinds. There are some tricky times ahead. Uh, but we want to give you a shot of encouragement in the arm and give you some direction, some kind of questions to go forward on. I, I want to bring, come back to something you said there. One of the things you talked about was really the impact on your team. Um, this, this resource, this conference really isn't just designed for senior leaders, although senior leaders will get a lot out of it. It's also for their teams. How could you see a team use this conference well? Uh, again, it's coming up here in November. Well, it, I, you know, both of us have actually back in the day some experience with dot coms and startups and ventures, and I feel like this actually is an echo of that period, of that mm. model. And the the thing that works well in startup culture in v- new ventures is it's not the the team leader CEO coming in and telling everyone what's going to happen. It's actual peer-to-peer leadership and collaboration internally amongst your team because you need mm-hmm. all hands on deck and all eyes on the same prize. And so using these talks with the discussion guides and all the other resources that we're providing, I think using it in team meetings. So this is beyond just like a time-bound conference that you might go to, get the rah-rah feels, come back, and then you have to get back into the weekly you know, weekly meetings and forget about it. I think this is right. something that you take out. You, you're basically going to, I think a lot of leaders are going to watch the different talks and, and look at all the different uh, feedback and then cherry pick the ones that are much, um, you know, much more contextual for the team and where they are in mm-hmm. their journey and then mm-hmm. use it as a conversation piece for team meetings, for collaboration, for things like that. Yeah, I love it. One of the things we're we're pushing our leaders. So, you know, these these communicators are used to speaking in long blocks, 45 minutes, you know, uh, it'd be easy for these folks. But one of the things we're doing is really forcing, pushing the conversations to be just 10 minutes long, which is is crazy, right? It's short. But what that does is, is it cuts out the fluff. It really jumps into the heart of it, which is great for the conference because you're getting like, bam, 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 real powerful impact, high impact content. But it also is 
great, like you're saying, in the post game. One of the things that I love is we ran a conference similar to this back in June, and we're still hearing today about teams that are are saying, yeah, you know, I took this one talk, actually the Larry Osborne talk. I've heard multiple churches use it, but you know, I could see six months from now somebody's going to come back and say, yeah, the Nikki Gumbel conversation, or Jenny Katrin, or Cheryl Brady, or you know, William Vanderblum, and who, you know, whoever the talks were, and and we inserted it into our conversation because it was the right time at the right place to really um, kind of push the conversation forward as a team. It was really a great tool to help the team, you know, take the next step. That's really our heart in it is we want to help you as church leaders push your teams forward. And so we're trying to focus these conversations in a way. And that that's really why we're trying to focus them down to 10 minutes, not because we don't want them to say things, but because we want to help them um, really focus on the nugget. What is the core? What is the one big idea that if they could speak to thousands of church leaders about the future, what would they say? That's really what each of these speakers are going to be doing uh, coming up here at the Future Forward Conference. Yeah, Rich, I think you make fun of me when we go to conferences together because a lot of times <laughs> I'll, I'll be outside and not in the room because they're all recycled so talks or they're, it's kind of like books these days, right? You have a 50,000 word book and it actually could have been a booklet, you know, get to the core point. <laughs> Blog and post, so, yes. I think this is what we're going to get out of this. We're going to get action-packed, you know, real big ideas that are going to let you change the church for good in the future. Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited for it. Well, why don't we tell people where they can find out more information? Uh, they can go to futurefwd2020.com. We're so much in the future, we're dropping letters out of our name. So that's futurefwd2020.com. You can register. It's completely free. It's on November 18th and 19th. Uh, we're super excited about it. Anything else, Kenny, just before we wrap up that you want to make sure people are aware of? Well, again, it's just reinforcing. Usually the leader says, okay, I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to put it on my calendar. Um, this is one of those things where invite your team. It, it's, it's free, right? It's going to, it's easy on the budget and watching together so that you can process it together is going to be an amazing experience for those of you that actually take that extra step. Absolutely. Well, we've got a talk coming up by Larry Osborne. Uh, this talk was used uh, from, a, from a conference that, again, we ran back a few months ago. And it's really this, I think it's a really challenging conversation from Larry. It really gives you a good sense of the kind of talks we're going to be doing at Future Forward. In this talk, he challenges us to think about both and leadership. So I'd encourage you to listen in, uh, you know, leverage this. You could even share this with your team and get them excited about the conferences coming up. So let's listen in to what Larry Osborne has to say. Disruptive events always change everything. They can be uh, cultural changes, they can be an event, they can be something spread out like COVID-19 actually has been. But whenever a disruptive event takes place, organizations have to scramble to figure out how to survive the new normal that comes out of it, even if it seems as if over time everything's going to go back to the way it was, because in reality that never happens. Uh, what happens in a, a disruptive event is the things that used to work in the past no longer work so well or sometimes no longer work at all. And at the same time, new paradigms and new methods emerge that slowly cannibalize the past. And you turn around sooner or later and you look back and, and uh, everything has been taken over by the new. Now, the disruptive event is one thing, but there's this intersection called disruption where both of those things are taking place at the same time. And that's a world we find ourselves in today as leaders. And I want to talk a little bit about mastering the world of both and and the leadership that comes with a, a both and world. 
To lead well during these kind of disruptive intersections, what we need are two things that are very rare. The first one that is very rare is a mindset that is both and. Because the truth of the matter is almost all of us have a strong bent towards the either or world. When we make decisions, we often see it as either or. Uh, when we look at uh, uh, many things and, and options that are out there, we tend to go either or. It's a rare mindset that can get its hands around both and being true at the same time. Well, that's a mindset. The very rare skill is the skill of creating the future while I also protect the past. That sounds great on paper, but it's really hard to do. And if you step back and look at almost every organization and every leader, we have a strong bias towards one or the other. Uh, the, the leadership or you might have a strong bias towards we've got to protect the past or where all the sex appeal and excitement and applause is, I want to create the future. As I said, it is so hard to be both and and protect that past while creating that future. Let me give you a couple of business examples where it wasn't done very well. There's a famous story of IBM, and uh, it feared the future and wanted to protect the past because its uh, cash cow was the main cell and uh, servicing of mainframe computers. So in that famous story, they essentially gave away to Bill Gates uh, all the code uh, for PCs, and then the rest was history. And IBM nearly went under. It is scrambled back. But man, what an opportunity they had if they had lived in the both-end world. Uh, more recently, there's an organization called JCPenney that has just entered into bankruptcy. And what it did is, is it's so focused on the future that it forgot to protect the past. Uh, it was a dinosaur, as, as most of those mall-type stores, department stores uh, are and were. And it realized that. It realized it needed to focus on the future. So it brought in someone from Apple to create a whole different shopping experience. And they presumed that all of the people who used to love all the bogus sales uh, that were going on and the inflated prices and the coupon, they assumed they were all going to love the new thing. And that didn't happen. And they didn't get enough of the new customer, and they lost tons of the old customer. They had to fire that guy as the CEO, and uh, they tried to come back. But uh, as you know from recent news, they were not able to and filed for bankruptcy. And, and both of those were led by very wise people. I mean, these are, you know, you don't get into the leadership of those organizations just because you got lucky. Uh, you have a long history of very good leadership, enabling people, strategizing well, empowering people, all that goes with that. But they fell into the trap at the disruption intersection of protecting the past or creating the future. Well, we are at that same disruptive kind of time frame right now, if you stop and think about it. Because though uh, many of us uh, for a long time have been uh, isolated from meeting in our church buildings, that's beginning to open up in some settings and will eventually open up. But when we do open up, it's still going to be a completely different experience than it was in the past. Uh, starts out with just the social distancing. Uh, it's going to uh, be speeded up by the fact that many people are going to be fearful of germs in a new way they weren't before. And so what we've got to focus on is, is how do we uh, protect the past of our physical meetings now that they're uh, under such a different set of requirements than they were in the past? How do we do that while also at the same time focusing completely uh, on uh, the online experience that for so many of us has just been mind-blowing blow how, how successful it has been. 
For instance, let me tell you how it impacts North Coast. Uh, the the on-site church that we want to open up and we will open up, as we do that with social distancing, here's what happens. We've done the math. We have to go from our seven campuses and all the different time frames, about 50 different services that are available on a weekend, to well over 300 on a weekend with the, the, the most uh, liberal social distancing. I'm not doing the worst. I'm doing the best case scenario. And at that point, we obviously can't do that. We obviously can't do that well. But if we don't start with some on-site meetings, guess what? We're never going to get back to where we were, and human nature is not going to change over time. Uh, people are still going to want to gather, gather together. They're still want something special for their kids, something special for their, their youth. They're, there's that excitement of that big event, and that's going to come back. But in the meantime, we're having to think, how do we do physical very, very well? Well, if we're not careful, as we're trying to do physical well and make all of those changes, all of our emotional energy, all of our budget, all of our focus is going to be there, and we're going to slip away from the renewed focus and all the changes we did online that made the online experience so much better than we thought it was going to be. Now, here's what you're going to need to be a both-and leader. You are going to need a respected champion over both areas. You see, what often happens is the respected champion is on the side of creating the future or protecting the past, and the other side gets more or less a shepherd. So if you're a highly future-focused uh, uh, ministry and organization, well, then what you've got is you've got a creative, energizing, big L uh, leader, uh, and you put them all into the future. In this day and age, it might be, man, we're going to expand our internet. We're going to be an internet church with or an online church with physical locations rather than a church uh, with uh, multiple campuses and an online presence. Let's say that's who you are. You're going to put those respected leaders there, and the temptation is going to be to put secondary leaders in protecting the past. Uh, what was done before COVID-19, and so many of us were pushed out, was the exact opposite of that. We put our best leaders on our campuses, uh, whether you have multiple or just one, and our weekend services, something was broken, it got fixed right away, and it was out of the overflow that the stuff on the internet was done. You need a new camera, you got to wait for that, but the physical didn't have to wait to get the air conditioning fixed. And, and, and the champion of the uh, online services, in many cases, was much more of a shepherd taking care of the people than it was somebody who woke up every single day thinking about what are the possibilities we could do that. I hope that makes sense to you, this both and uh, a need for two respected champions. And it takes a really strong and a gifted leader to have those two champions on the team because there is some natural push and pull that is going to take place uh, when you do that. Uh, so you need that respected champion and you need that big L leader in both areas. And so here's my question for you. What is your natural bias at this point? To get back to the old and do it really well or to create the future and see what exciting things can happen uh, with microsites and, and viewing stations and all that can happen now that we've realized we're not limited in, in scope to a 20-minute drive time to a main campus or, uh, or another campus. My bet is you've got a bias. And my encouragement to you is to find a way to get the respected champions, the big L leaders, in a both-and world. And when you do, you're going to find yourself at that intersection of disruption 
but you're not going to find yourself stuck. You're going to find yourself able to move on to the future without having crashed in the past. God bless. I'm excited to see how this is going to take place in the body of Christ. Future Forward. Register you and your team today 